Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. What's up, everybody? How are you doing out there? I hope you're doing so good. Anyway, I'm great. (laughs) Thanks for asking. I just want to welcome you if you've never listened before. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that you can gain something from listening. And you know what? I I actually gain a lot from doing it. It's just like a teacher, especially in the church (laughs) or anywhere that you're serving. If you are having to put together a lesson or a presentation, you learn so much, right? So it's been great to do this. And thank you so much for your feedback. I've heard from a lot of you and I just really appreciate it. So welcome here and let me know what you think. I would love to know. Anyway, I want to tell you guys how I came up with this undo the shoulder devil topic that we're going to talk about today. So why did I think of this? Of course, I was listening to my guy, Gary Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk, however you want to say his last name, or Gary V. You can find him on Instagram. And it was this little bit about how people always come to him and they ask him, Gary, how can I be more efficient? And he replied with something so simple. He said, well, if you weren't thinking about how guilty you were for being inefficient, that would free up a lot of time and mind space to be efficient. So his whole premise was us humans. We love to guilt, guilt, guilt. We, we just do. We, we think about those thoughts of ours, our guilty thoughts that come in, and that actually takes up time and ends up with us being less efficient. So I thought, oh, that's such an interesting concept. So it started making me think about what we are thinking about, what, what holds us back, right? And then I was thinking about my own thought battle. Usually I'm really, really good. I've just been a little bit off. I'll admit it. Us life coaches, we can preach and, you know, you can think that our lives are perfect or whatever, or that we're practicing everything that we preach. Same as a psychologist, right? But we're not perfect and we're continually doing our best to learn from what we've learned And this week, I was just a little off focus in some of my relationships, and I was really kind of pushing blame on them, or, you know, couldn't be me. I do all these things perfectly, or whatever, you know, just little things. And so that was part of it, that I just was frustrated with my focus of that and where my thoughts were on that. And then the third reason I came up with this podcast was there is a trend with a lot of my clients and groups that I'm a part of with co-parenting. And the general thought with a lot of the women is I'm co-parenting with a narcissist. It is impossible. Okay? I can't have any type of a working relationship to parent my child because I'm dealing with a narcissist. So those three things really made me think, man, what is it in our brains? What are those thoughts that are hindering us, that are taking away our power, that's making us do the blame game on everyone else, that's making us fearful or self-deprecating or feeling guilty? You know, kind of that general, what 
is in our heads that we can clear out and get rid of. So a lot of times the first step is we have this inner voice and we think it's our own because it sounds just like us, you know, (laughs) the voice inside. It jokes like we do, but it's not. And Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School, she takes it a little step farther. She says, these are just thoughts. Our thoughts are not us. So your thoughts is not you. Okay, we have to separate that. When we think it's ourself, we can't move away from it. We can't separate ourselves. So it's really, really crucial to separate. And just that one concept can do so much for people when they realize, okay, it's just thoughts. It's not me. I can clear this out. I can move away from it if we don't like it. But I want to take it, of course, a step further. Now, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and many ways of thinking, not just Christian, but there's a general thought that all are born with some sort of conscience, some sort of way that we know right from wrong. Now, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we call this everyone is born with the light of Christ. All right, so that's our shoulder angel, so to speak. You remember those old Warner Brothers cartoons? I don't know if it was Bugs Bunny or his pals, okay? This is where the that concept came for me when I was little girl. I saw the shoulder angel, and then we have the shoulder devil. If you're familiar with Studio C... It's a hilarious little um, show where they do skits and Matt Meese is the shoulder devil and the shoulder angel and he climbs up on people. It's pretty funny. Um, But it's just interesting to me that if we believe that everyone has the slide of Christ and that we have a conscience from right from wrong, that that voice is actually that spirit enlightening us then what is that other voice, so to speak? What is that other shoulder devil, (laughs) so to speak, that's filling us with that fear, that's filling us with thoughts that do not serve? Now, I'm not going to come right out and say, hey, this is the devil, you know, (laughs) saying this to you. That's a little bit... uh, High and mighty, but there is a concept. We know that all good things from come from God. So if it's not a good thing, this voice inside, that thought that is just thought, that is not us, it's not ourselves, then it is from the other side. If there is a right and wrong, all good from come from God, then the bad is the opposite of that. Again, I'm not saying it's like the flat-on devil telling you to do these things, you know. But it is that other side. It is his side in that influence. So we have to be super careful, right? Because whether that influence just came as a distorted thought or came from someone else, maybe you were little, someone told you that you were not going to amount to anything and that was kind of an evil spirit inside of them transferring that thought to you and you decided to believe it 
right? Whatever the case may be, and you can go back and track if you want where those thoughts are coming from or where did you start to believe that, you know? Where's all the guilt coming from? The fact of the matter is it is not from the light of Christ. It is the other side. So if we take it to that big step, for me, I want to get rid of it. For me, if I think that that is from, you know, (laughs) Satan, you know, that this is not my thought, but these are thoughts I've chosen to believe. It feels like my own thought. But when I truly look at it as this is not from God, that helps me to separate it even further. And there's an interesting scripture in 2 Nephi 26 verse 22 A lot of us have heard this. It's talking about Satan. It says, And he leadeth them by the neck with a flaxen cord until he bindeth them with his strong cords forever. Scary, right? Now, a flaxen cord is just this thin linen thread that's easily broken. So he starts out with just a little twist, something, you know, that you kind of don't even notice. Then you start to believe it, maybe. And then it gets thicker. He adds more and more and more and more thoughts and more thoughts and more thoughts. And then he's got us with the strong cords. We've heard of chains, too. In Isaiah, it talks about shaking off the chains. So they start thin, and then they get heavy, like chains. And a lot of times we think, yeah, how he can drag us down, drag us down to hell, Sorry I'm being so kind of doomsday-ish, but I'm really wanting to make a dramatic point in that hell can be now. Hell can be now. Our personal hell, especially with those thoughts and our perception and how, you know, things get so depressed and things, those thoughts can turn into feelings of guilt and shame and everything terrible and they can pacify people so this is a this is real deal here so if we can learn the difference if we can learn you know how can we tell when something it a thought is coming from that side versus a thought is coming from god from our true self who we really want to mold ourselves to be what's the difference well one thing is We know that Satan seeks to deceive. In Revelations 12, verse 9, it, it talks about him deceiving the world. Okay, and he distorts things that are good. He makes it bad. So I really think that Byron Katie has a strong point that when we get these thoughts, the first step of her work is to ask Is it true? And then her second step is, you have to ask it again. Is it true? No, really. Is it true? So if he is wanting to deceive us, think inside yourself. Is this thought true? I just listened to a podcast about body image. And she was talking about how she really believed she was in high school. Looking back, she sees the pictures and she sees a perfect body. But back then, she convinced herself, you know, through 
looking at what was on TV, media, whatever her, you know, perception was that she needed to be a size two and she wasn't and she was muscular or whatever. She felt like her belly protruded. So she would tape her belly up when she was cheerleading and nobody knew and she would hide it from everybody. So if she were to get a thought, hey, you know, I need to do this. I need to tape this so that I can fit in or whatever. You'd got to ask yourself right then and there, is it true? Really? Is it a huge belly? Is it necessary for you truly to tape yourself and go to these amounts? Whatever thought we have inside ourselves, we need to ask, is it true? And that is just the first step that we could see. Is this coming from God? Or is this thought coming from an outside, you know, dark place? Number one, does it deceive? Number two, how to tell the difference is there's no positive movement that comes from the thought. So let's say you're having a guilty thought. Now I feel like we don't, just because guilt sometimes is classified as bad, we don't need to just push that away. I think that we're supposed to feel guilt if we're supposed to feel it so that we can reconcile, so we can do something from it. So guilt is not necessarily the bad thing, but it can lead to the shame, you know, and I've said that in my previous podcasts. But our feelings are good. We need to feel it and decide, is this making movement in a direction where I can rectify something, uh, create a positive change, or is this creating negative movement where I'm isolating, withdrawing, or I'm not doing anything about this, or I'm crippled with fear, or I keep telling myself, you know, things that just will not serve me and my purpose. So that's another way that we can tell the, the difference. And like I said before, all good things come from God. Elder Bednar gave an amazing talk a few conferences ago about how all good things come from God and how how do we know if it our thought is the spirit or us and his whole point was it doesn't matter anything good is from God so that means it is the spirit and we hope that you know we are living with that spirit so that it is innate so it does become us it's our true self we want to become one with God and that's a whole oneness, you know, with the Holy Ghost as well. So that's his point, is that if it's a good thought, it is from God, and it is also you. That's the answer. So that's kind of how you can differentiate. Okay, now, next step, people. What are we going to do? You know I love the to-dos. <laughs> the interesting thing is I'm the gospel doctrine teacher in my ward, and of course, I gave the question, what are we going to do to strengthen our relationship with God so that we can get more revelation? Or whatever my question was, it was something along the lines of what are we going to do? Of course, I always say, what are we going to do? But I really don't mean it as some checklist. You know, a lot of times us members of the church love checklists. We think that if we have a checklist, then we can get this, you know, off our list and move on to the next thing in this pursuit of trying to become perfect or whatever. But it's it, it really wasn't that. But I had a very 
thought-provoking discussion with um, someone there, and he just said, it really is not about the doing. Sometimes it's about the undoing. Oh my gosh, I loved that so much. Because many times in our life, we've built ourselves up, we've believed things along the way, like I said before, that maybe somebody said to us. And we believe it, or we think we have to act a certain way. We think we have to think a certain way. And so a lot of it is undoing those things. How do we undo that shoulder devil, that voice inside that's telling us we can't, that voice inside that's telling us we have to be perfect or making us guilty so we don't even have time to do what we need to do or fearful or whatever, right? So here, here is just two things, all right? Within these two things, I think there's a lot of undoing, hopefully, that you can get from it. The first one is so easy, but it is prayer. Now, I was thinking about praying and how that can seriously stop Satan in his tracks. Stop those negative, negative thoughts in their tracks. There's a beautiful scripture. When I was young, it was part of Scripture Mastery. But it's Doctrine and Covenants, section 10, verse 5. Pray always that you may come off conqueror, yea, that you may conquer Satan, and that you may escape the hands of the servants of Satan that do uphold his work. Whoa, it's so simple, but that is how we can immediately get rid of that voice. I was in church and this young boy, I'm telling you, about 12 years old, I think 12 or 13, he gave the sweetest testimony about prayer. He talked about his experience that he was separated from his mom. His mom and dad were going through custody battles, and his mom was taken away from him, and he hated it. He didn't understand why why this was happening. And he was really upset about it, obviously. And this was for a couple of years. And it just brings up tears to my eyes because of how affected he was and how he didn't understand. And he said to all of us, I was praying for the wrong thing. At first, I was just praying that I could be back with my mom, that the courts would decide in her favor and that I could be back with my mom and that everything would be okay. And he realized this was not helping him. This was not changing the situation at all and the situation couldn't be changed. But he was still just as sad through all of these prayers with no movement. So he decided to change how he prayed. So he decided he would change and ask how he could change to be okay with the situation. How he could take control and try to come up with ways of coping and dealing with his situation. I just could not believe the wisdom of this 12, 13 year old in hearing this, of his own journey of changing. 
and how he decided that whatever the will of the Lord was, he was going to try to submit his will to the Lord's. And gosh, that is so hard. But it made me think, you know, Tony Robbins always says that suffering comes when we feel like we cannot control anything in our situation. So unhappiness is when our blueprint, what we think our life should be, doesn't match with what it actually is. But a step further is suffering is when you don't feel like you have control to change your perspective or change your circumstance at all. So he was in the middle of that suffering and he decided to change how he was praying. And then the awesome thing, he says, I really felt like once I changed and was trying to see bigger picture and dealing with this, right then I was granted, you know, my mother was granted joint custody and we were able to go back part-time with my mother. And so it was just an amazing, amazing thing that through those prayers, he decided to take his own control of changing his perspective and his heart towards what he could control. And that was just his feelings and his thoughts concerning the circumstance. So number one, praying. And a lot of that is partly undoing. So we saw how this boy had to undo how he, what he was doing. <laughs> and then another scripture that I love is Mosiah 3.19. It talks about the natural man. And a lot of those thoughts are that natural man. You know, Satan wants to persuade us that, these, we, that we are like animals, that we are natural and sensual and carnal, and that we need to succumb to those habits and feelings and desires. And so that is the natural man. And Mosiah 3.19 talks about how can we put off that natural man? Well, he says we have to submit to the enticings of the Holy Ghost, and we have to become a saint through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And then he talks about submitting like a child submits to his father. So I see that as true humility. Now we go to Gary V again. He talks all the time about taking responsibility. Now why does that work? Why to say, hey, this is on me, my perspective, my life. I'm going to see what I can do to, you know, change me. I'm going to take full responsibility. This works because it's a true principle. This is a principle from God that as we humble ourselves and look inward, that's when movement happens. That's when change can happen. You know, when I'm dealing with the, the co-parents, who feel like, there is nothing I can do. I want to change this narcissist. I want him to be this certain way. Then I could parent with him. Nope. We cannot count on others changing ever. Okay? It has to start with our change. The undoing within us. So, what can you do in the situation? Okay, I'm co-parenting with a narcissist. But hey, 
I probably know that narcissist better than anyone because I was married to them for how, how many years, you know? Get creative. You can change. How can you humble yourself? And I'm just touching on this, you guys. This is when my coaching comes into play. So this is me dangling a little bit in front of you for bait. Um, but it's truly, truly a practice, this humility, even prayer. But I wanted I want to end with a beautiful quote. It's by Nelson Mandela. He says, As I have said, the first thing is to be honest with yourself. You can never have an impact on society if you have not changed yourself. Great peacemakers are all people of integrity, of honesty, humility. So, peacemakers. Isn't that what we want? In our co-parenting? Isn't that what we want in our lives? Isn't that what we want in our heads? We want to make peace. We want to have heaven now. So we've got to put off this natural man. We've got to be the change first. So many times as we can be the change that we want to see in others, we end up seeing it in others because it reflects off of us. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I, I can promise you that. I've seen that in my own life as we switch that focus, as we look within. For more information, reach out to me, CoachEmilySanchez at gmail.com. Everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you have an awesome day. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.